This time our pastor, Brother Richard Hayes. Amen. Thank you, sir. Well, it's a blessing to be here once again this morning. We're glad you come to worship with us for a little while, and especially those that are visiting with us, we're glad to have you. If you have your Bibles, be turning to the book of 1 Chronicles, uh, chapter 23. 1 Chronicles 23. We're going to read one verse there in just a moment. That's going to be our scripture reading for this morning. It's going to be our text for this morning. And unless the Lord changes our mind, it's the only scripture we're going to use. I trust that God will stir our hearts today with the realization of what the price is for what we enjoy as we sit here and worship this day. And so if you found your place there in 1 Chronicles 23, if you'll stand with us, please, we'll read that verse 30, a very short verse. It says, And to stand every morning to thank and praise the Lord, and likewise at even. Father, we thank you this morning for your goodness and for the bountiful blessings that you've sent our way, for the opportunity of being able to gather in this place that's been dedicated to you. Lord, and to worship for a little while. Lord, that we might be able to exalt your Son. And I pray, blessed Holy Spirit, that you would apply to our hearts the message that you've sent our way this morning. Lord, say that when it might be here without your Son today. And Lord, stir the hearts of your people, we ask in Christ's name, amen. I know that normally on Thanksgiving Day, we talk about giving thanks for all the things that God has blessed us with. And sometimes we forget during the year to do that. And I thought as I began to meditate upon what I believe the Lord wanted us to uh, receive this morning about the 4th of July, the Day of Independence, and uh, that we'd concentrate on giving thanks for all the good things that God has sent our way because of the freedoms we enjoy. Now ask the question, why do we celebrate Independence Day? And I believe it's one of the most important days that is in our lives outside of the day of maybe Christmas and Easter. This is a great day for the American people. Then I began to think, what does this freedom that we enjoy cost? There's nothing free. Every meal has to be paid for by someone. And our freedoms have to be paid for by someone. You know, I don't want to take anything away from the military people. We'll be saying a little bit more about them as we go along this morning. But I believe there are some people that rank higher on the list of being uh, paying a price for our freedom than maybe even the military people do. And I believe that the foundation of our freedoms is found not so much in the military, not so much in those men and women that uh, lived down through the years and have stood for God, not so much as those men that signed the Declaration of Independence. But sometimes we forget those families that left the home country. They left their 
homes, their businesses, their families. And they sailed for that new world. And they realized when they left, they'd never return. Why were they willing to pay that price? And I'll tell you this morning that the large majority of them came because they wanted the freedom to worship that we're experiencing here in this place this morning. And I began to dwell upon what it cost those individuals. As they came, that first year was filled with hardship and with death. They had to face hostile Indians. There were some friendly ones, no doubt, but they had to face some hostile ones. They had to go without food. Many of them starved to death. They had to go without adequate clothes or adequate housing. And sickness began to sweep through their ranks. That's what they had to pay when they came that day on December in 1620 and docked at the Plymouth Rock, got off the ship, and that group that decided, we're going to stay. Before the winter was gone, half of them were dead. That's the foundation of our freedoms this morning. When those people, those courageous individuals, had enough courage and fortitude to step forward and seek a new land and a new place where they could be free from the uh, religious parents that existed in the home country. And as time progressed along and hardships persisted and the people grew and their fortunes grew, there came a time when 13 colonies were formed. They decided to declare their independence from the home country. And in 1776, those 13 colonies made a stand for freedom. A group of 56 men. The large majority, if not all of them, had become wealthy men in that something like 150 years that they'd been in this country. They came up and affixed their name to that document. And they knew when they did that, they risked their fortunes, their families, their homes, and their own lives. And these men paid the price because the thing that they looked forward to with dread in many cases came true. Houses were burned, some were looted, some families were killed, and on and on we can tell you what happened to those individuals simply because they signed that declaration. And I'll tell you, we forget sometimes. These were real people. They had real families. They had real possessions. And they were willing to lay them on the line for freedom. I'd like to say I would have done that. I would like to say that. But sometimes I wonder if I'd have been put in that position, would I 
have been willing to do what they did. I'm telling you, it took courage. It took courage. But thank the Lord that they did that and started the process that results in the country in which we live today. They weren't all Christians. But I'll tell you what, what all of them were. They all believed in God. They all believed that God existed, and they all believed that he had an intervening hand that he could reach down and change the affairs of men with. And I'm afraid that our country has grown far from that place. And I wonder how that America can be so blind as to read that document that guarantees our freedoms and turn our back on the advice of these men that had such a clear vision of the future. But we've done that. We've not only turned our back on their advice, but we've chosen to ignore the document of which they set forth for our benefit. We've changed it. We've misinterpreted it. And most of the time when it's in per, uh, interpreted incorrectly is on purpose. And we've trampled underfoot the God-led advice that these men left for us. And so since that signing, what has happened? First of all, the British decided they'd come and change that and take over the country. Now think about those farmers that left their plows in the field. Those that were chopping the wood that left their axes by the chopping block. Those that was in the cobbler's shop closed the doors and picked up a rifle and went out to defend our freedoms. These untrained men, remember, they've been here now for well over 100 years, never had any military training, and they were facing a seasoned army of well-trained men. And yet God gave them the victory. And all down through the ages, God has thus far given us victory in every war we've been involved in. The psalmist said, I don't put my trust in chariots and in horses, but in the Lord. And as long as we do that, we'll receive victory. But when we get to the place where we think We've got the answer. We've got the planes and we've got the bombs and we've got everything that we need to defend ourselves, then we're in deep trouble. And the Civil War came and for a little while divided this country, but it wasn't sustained. It soon came back together. And I'm talking about all the things that this country has endured and yet still enjoys individual freedoms. Guaranteed by the Constitution. And I thought about all those wars that have fought on foreign soil. 
those men and women that have gone there and gave so much. Somebody said some gave their all, that meant they died. But you know, we look at those military people that come home, some without legs, some without arms, some with their eyes put out, and all the physical things that we can think of that's wrong with them, and we say, what a price they paid. And I'll agree with you. I've known some of them personally. They paid a great price. As we said, some of them never came home. But you know, of all those individuals, and I'm sure there's several in here today, but all those individuals that actually went to war and saw action, they brought home a wound that you couldn't see. Their dreams are invaded by the terrible things they saw. And sometimes the waking hours are invaded by those horrors that they experienced. I knew a man personally that was in World War II. And he said there was a bank that they couldn't climb over. And what they'd do, they'd run up there and one soldier would lean over and put his hands on his knees and the other soldiers would step on him and get up over the bank. And when he'd get tired, another would replace him. And he said, one day I ran up there and I bent over and a young kid about 18 jumped on my back to climb over the bank and a machine gun cut his head off and it fell down. Those are wounds we can't see. But they're real. And they cause suffering the rest of their lives. Why would an individual go through that? Because of their love of freedom. And how thankful we ought to be for those who was willing to go through those things that we might be free. We're losing our freedom in America today. Year by year. Almost month by month. Sometimes it seems like day by day. We're losing our freedoms without a single shot being fired. Now whether you agree with this or not, it's not going to make a whole lot of difference. But I see those Muslim mosques going up. One in Mofasboro, one in Antioch, and another one I don't remember where, but right here close to our own community. And they aren't religious organizations. And I'm telling you, it's going to affect our freedoms, folks. And we're in a greater danger today, I believe, of losing the freedoms that these individuals have given so much for than ever before in my lifetime. And unless we get serious with God, you'll say, man, I'm always serious with God, but not really. 
Israel spent how many years in Egypt? No doubt they worshiped God in their own way. But God never moved until they got serious and began to petition him for his direction. And then he sent them deliverance. And I'm not going to try to go back over all the stories I've heard about how that God has provided for America. But there's been many times when battles have been won that individuals knew nothing about how it happened. I'll share one story with you. A man that I knew, and again, I'm talking about World War II now, happened long before most of you were born. And he said they were surrounded by the Germans. No way out. They'd been there for days. They were running out of food. And some of us can remember the day that the president gave the order Americas to shut down for one moment at 12 o'clock noon. The factories closed. The businesses quit selling. Everybody was to quit what they were doing and pray for one moment. And this fellow said he went and checked back at a corresponding time to where he was to where America is. And he said at that exact moment, a fog came over them in the middle of the day. And they were able to escape. Now you can believe that story or not. But I'm telling you, I'm fully convinced it happened. And the reason I'm convinced it happened is because God is still able to intervene in the affairs of men. I began to look at the condition of our country. I thought of Sodom and Gomorrah. Our country is not far from the sin that caused them to be destroyed. I thought of the days of Noah. The Bible says that the thoughts of the people of that day was evil continuously. Kind of check our country. Even people who wear the name Christian many times is taking evil. And I'll tell you, God hasn't changed. He hates sin just as bad today that he did 2,000 years ago or 4,000 years ago. And God's no respecter of persons. And if he doesn't send judgment on those that rebel against his commands, you'll have to go back and apologize to Sodom and Gomorrah and the people he destroyed in the flood. I'm just saying this morning how thankful we ought to be for the price that's been paid for what we enjoy. But at the same time, how aware we ought to be of how close we are to losing those freedoms. You know, we don't, I, I think about making a stand for the Lord. And American people aren't afraid. I could go through here and survey 
most of us are not, many of us, I'll say, I won't say most of them, many of us are not able to go to war. But if we were attacked here, most everybody in this building would say, man, I'd fight for my country. I'd face the enemy for my country. But if that's so, what's happened to America? The truth of the matter is we've gotten so far away from God that he no longer can with honor bless us. And we no longer care, really, whether God's commandments are broken by our nation or not. And we've grown so comfortable with sin. I want to repeat that so you get it. We've grown so comfortable with sin that it doesn't bother us anymore. God help us that we might start desiring revival. And it needs to start in the pulpits of our nation and move down through the pews. And I'll tell you, if revival doesn't start in the pulpit, it'll never go to the pews. You'll say, what can I do about that? I'm not in the pulpit. You can pray. You can pray. There's a song, I close with this. There's a song that comes on 105 sometimes. It says, I can't teach and I can't preach and I can't sing. But there's one thing I can do. I can pray. And I'll tell you, the, the church here has heard me say this so many times that no doubt they get tired of it. But I'd rather have good prayers in the church anytime than good preachers. Because prayer, if it's done properly, will bring the blessings of God. We'll ask you to stand with us if you would, please. If you had a prayer and song leader, call. Brother Bobby, if you'd get there on my right, and Brother Mac in the center, ask Brother Van to turn around there on the left. We've asked these men to come up here this morning simply as a invitation to you if you have something you'd like to talk to them about that you can do so they'll give you spiritual counseling if you're lost and you'd like to get saved they'll be glad to take the word of God and show you how you can receive Christ and then the altars are always open if you want to pray you don't have to be a member of this church and you don't have to join the church to pray there they've been dedicated to God we invite you to come as we sing Brother Ray Number 261. 261. Oh, soul, are you weary and Would you come this morning? No While God is moving, would you come? Come on this morning.